Hello, and welcome back to the Braxton Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gidding. Last week on Campfire Stories, The Kings of Braxton, Born Under Trouble, Chapter 5, Jaspers and Criminals. This week, Chapter 6, Revisiting the Past. So let's go get that campfire started, and we'll nestle in for a good story. The Kings of Braxton, Born Unto Trouble, Chapter 6, Revisiting the Past, 1. The morning arrived with a brilliant sunrise, birds singing their love songs, and a summer breeze blowing across the king's farm. Sam stepped out onto his small front porch, buckling his gun belt around his waist and smoking his morning pipe. His fedora rested atop his still wet hair, and his shoulder holsters held their usual pistols. He breathed in the morning air as he stretched out his aching muscles. Sam was dreading this day, but he was also excited. In just a short time, he was going to be reunited with the only girl he had ever cared about, his first and only love. Liz was always in his heart, even though he hadn't seen her in years. After he returned from the war, he'd wanted to see her desperately, but he had changed in France. He felt different, cold and distant from the world and the life he'd had before. The things he saw, the things he did, the people he killed and saw die. Those events changed him on the inside, and he didn't want Liz to see him that way. He knew he'd changed, and he felt that he was no longer deserving of love, especially hers. He wanted Liz to be happy and live a life without the horrors and pains he would bring to her. In his mind, he was a monster, one who deserved to be left alone to wallow in his own grief. Across the farm, Neil woke to the warmth of Carol laying next to him, her arm wrapped tightly around his waist. She woke smiled, and kissed Neil gently on the lips. The two of them were inseparable, a marriage of love and convenience. They had been together since childhood, so it only made sense for the two of them to get married. Neil dressed while Carol went downstairs to make breakfast. He wrapped his gun belt around his waist and grabbed his shoulder holsters and extra ammo, which he kept at the bedside just in case it was ever needed. The morning sound of the farm coming to life put a smile on Neil's face as he walked down to eat his morning meal. Sam came in through the back door and Al joined them from the front. This was a family. Even Boom, who followed Al into the kitchen, was considered family. Boom was in charge of running the farm with Al while the brothers were out taking care of Braxton. The five of them ate breakfast every morning at the same time and had the same thing every day, biscuits and gravy. Sam removed his fedora and placed it in his lap, said grace, and dug into the hearty breakfast. Carol smiled as she watched Sam, who felt the stare and looked up. What? he said with his mouth full of biscuits. Are you excited to see Liz today? Carol asked. Sam said nothing. He simply returned to his meal. Boom swallowed loudly and set his fork on the table before wiping his mouth. 
This Liz must be something else, he said in his thick accent. Sam's first love, Al replied with a grin. The young beauty who stole his heart, Carol added. Sam was not comfortable with people talking about him, especially when he was right there. But he kept his mouth shut and ate his breakfast. He wrote her letters while we were in France, but never sent... Sam interrupted. Can we stop talking about me like I'm not here, please? Sam built it out. Can't help it. I'm excited for you, Carol said with a grin. Sam stood, leaving half his meal behind, and left the kitchen. The group looked around at one another for a moment, then laughed quietly. I'll be in the car when you're done talking about me, Sam yelled to his brother as he walked out the front door. Boom looked at Neil. What's his deal? Al stood and grabbed his plate along with Sam's. He walked them over to the sink and set them down. Sam has a demon living in his head, Al began. And until he gets rid of it, he will never be happy, and he will never let anyone get too close. I think Liz is the angel to fight off that demon, Carol added. Al spoke, almost as if he was talking of himself. In all my years, I have found that it's the small things, a kiss, a hug, a hand to hold, a warm embrace of a loved one. These are the things that hold the demons at bay. It's always the small things. Without them, I fear Sam will never truly be free. Neil loved his brother and wanted the best for him, but it was getting hard for him to ignore the pain that Sam was living with. He, too, was hopeful that Liz, or even just the sight of her, could be the one thing that helped Sam climb out of the deep, dark hole he was living in. 2. The brothers arrived at the home of Elizabeth Douglas early in the morning. The house was small but nice, with a wraparound porch and a bright red front door. Daffodils lined the walkway to the front of the house, and the grass was a brilliant green. The neighborhood was quiet except for the occasional dog barking, while old men and women sat on their front porch enjoying the early morning cool breeze. Sam and Neil pulled up in front and got out of the car. They were both armed as usual, even though they didn't expect any trouble from Liz. They just never left the farm without at least their gun belts. As they walked toward the house, Sam's heart felt heavy, and butterflies took flight in his stomach. How was he going to explain his absence over the last several years? And how was he going to look her in the eye the way he had before? He walked up to the door slowly and hesitantly, followed by Neil, who could read Sam's demeanor like a book and thought it was almost cute how scared his brother was. Before Sam had a chance to knock, the door flew open and Liz stood before him. She wore a simple yellow dress with her hair pinned up and she stared at Sam as if he were her child trying to sneak back into the house late at night. In her hand, she held the newspaper with the photo of the brothers. Sam had been calm under some of the most trying and frightening situations, fighting large groups of men with just his fists, gunfights, knife fights, and multiple battles in the war. 
But now he seemed to be at a loss for words and actions. The great and mighty Sam King had been brought to a standstill by a short, simple woman with a cross look. His heart felt as if it had skipped a beat, then raced to catch up. He felt his hands get clammy and his throat went dry as he searched his mind for the right words, but found nothing. Liz held up the paper, looking at Sam. This is how I find out you've come back? She said with anger and a slight hint of sadness. Sam still couldn't find the right words. He simply stared at Liz with apologetic eyes. All these years, nothing. Now you show up here on my doorstep after I see you and your brother in the paper and... We need to talk to you, Neil said, interrupting Liz. It... it's about the other night at Lefty's, Sam chimed in. Please... Won't y'all come in? Liz replied in a shy and cracking voice, almost embarrassed about her tone with Sam. She wanted to continue scolding Sam, but held off, now knowing the reason the brothers were really there. Sam removed his fedora before he and his brother walked in and took a seat in the small formal sitting area just inside the doorway. Can I get y'all something to drink? Liz asked. The brothers declined her offer politely, and she stood awkwardly for a moment, unsure of what to say or do. Liz had waited for Sam's return for years, and had planned a big speech about him abandoning her so many times. But in his presence, she had forgotten every word of it. But she didn't know if she wanted to smack him or kiss him. It's been a long time, Sam. You look real good, Liz said bashfully, unable to show all her anger. She wanted to say so much more, but not in the presence of Neil. The things she wanted to say were private things, inappropriate for anyone other than Sam, and inappropriate for this moment. Thank you. Sam tried not to stare, but was unable to control his eyes or his head. He was awestruck at the woman who stood before him. Liz was no longer the girl he had left behind so many years ago. As much as Neil enjoyed watching his brother's discomfort, he was growing a bit uncomfortable. Can you tell us anything from that night? Anything from before the shooting started? Or anything leading up to that night? In hindsight, you think might have been a clue? Neil asked. No, sorry. Nothing I haven't already told Junior. He would be able to tell you more. Being a cop and all, he's more observant than me. Did anyone in the bar say anything that might be of use? Sam asked. Not really. Just something the guy at the bar said. The brothers looked at one another, confused. You know, the German, Liz explained. The German? Sam questioned. Yeah, earlier that night, I overheard some men at the bar talking about some guy they called the German. What exactly did they say? Do you remember? Neil asked. Well, the one bald guy said that the German was going to be coming into town very soon, and they had to have everything done right. I thought nothing of it, because at the time it didn't sound that ominous to me. Neil wrote in his notepad. Didn't Junior tell you about that? I told him that night before I went to the hospital to see Lefty. 
No, he didn't tell us any of that, Sam said. Is that helpful? Liz asked him. It could be. Is that all you can think of? Sam asked. Yes. Liz paused and looked at Sam. I've been trying to forget that night, but I have horrible nightmares. I'm sorry this happened to you. But I'm glad you're okay. You two gonna get hitched now? Neil said in a serious tone without looking up from his notepad. Liz turned bright red at the thought. Neil looked up at her. Oh no, I haven't forgotten that day, he said with a smirk. Liz buried her face in her hands and chuckled as Sam gave Neil a disapproving look. Hey, someone had to bring it up, and I know you weren't going to do it, Neil said as he stood. This will help us, Liz. Thank you. Sam stood as Neil left the house, and Liz took a step closer to Sam and took his hand. I want to be mad at you for leaving. So many years without a word, without knowing where you were or if you were even alive. She paused. I want to be mad. But now with you here, it's hard to stay angry. Sam looked down at Liz's hand on his and smiled. He gripped her hand gently. I'm sorry, Liz. I never wanted to hurt you. We just had no choice but to go into hiding. You boys back at your family farm? She asked. Back? That's our home. We never left. Except when we went to France. I don't know why everyone thinks we left. Oh, well, Junior said you guys left town. Sam wanted to stay and talk with Liz for hours, but he fought that urge, knowing she needed time, or maybe it was him who needed the time. Time to allow himself to be loved once again. I have to go. We have work to do. But it really was great to see you again, he said. Liz threw her arms around Sam and hugged him tightly. And as Sam wrapped his arms around Liz, he felt something he had not felt in a long time. Peace. The demons in his head seemed to be silenced by her warmth and comfort. Don't be a stranger, Sam. I've missed you so much. Sam released his embrace and smiled at her. Then lowered his head in shame for a moment. He placed the fedora back on his head before he turned to leave the house without saying another word. Liz stood in the doorway watching Sam for a moment before closing it. Sam walked to the edge of the porch where Neil was standing. I just saw a car pass by. It slowed down right here, then took off, Neil said as he turned to Sam. You think someone is following us? Wouldn't surprise me, Sam said as he stepped down from the porch. He stopped and turned to Neil. I wonder why Junior's holding back on us, he said. It was chaos. He might have just forgot. Did you know he was the one who told people we left town? Neil was puzzled by this. No. Maybe it just made it easier if people thought we were gone. 3. Carol sat waiting on the porch in a creaky chair 
and Junior stood on the other side of the door from her, leaning on the railing that wrapped the porch. Carol and Junior had tension between them, because of the issues with the brothers and the town. She often felt like he had abandoned the Kings, and her along with them. She hadn't seen Junior in many years, and now they had very little to say to one another. Sam and Neil drove up the dusty lane toward the house and saw Junior leaning on the porch. Sam stopped the car and the brothers got out. Sam stopped at the porch steps while Neil went to give Carol a kiss. Sam stared at Junior without saying a word, making Junior uncomfortable. What? he asked sharply. Sam said nothing at first. He pulled his pipe out and began to load it from his small tobacco pouch. Junior was getting nervous about Sam's silence. He looked at Neil, then back to Sam. What's the deal, Sam? Junior asked as he took a step back anxiously. Why didn't you tell us about the German? Neil asked. Junior looked shocked and maybe a bit worried as he turned once again to Neil, his eyes wide. I... I thought I did. Didn't I tell you? He stumbled over his words as he looked back at Sam, who was shaking his head. Well, I... Who told you about him? Who is the German? Sam asked coldly. I don't know. I... I thought for sure I told you about it. I mean, we can't be sure it has anything to do with the shooting, but... I thought I mentioned it to you anyway. Junior looked at Neil, then back at Sam. He was clearly uneasy. What are you doing here? Sam asked. I just wanted to see if there was any progress. Good heavens, you two need to relax. Y'all are way too stressed out. Sam pinched his pipe between his teeth and lit it with one of the matches he pulled off the dead guy. Junior looked at the matchbox with the address written on the back and was startled a bit, but said nothing. Sam noticed this and made a mental note of it. He turned and walked toward the cattle barn. Nothing new. Not yet, anyway, Neil replied, watching Sam walk away. What happened in town yesterday? Junior asked. Some Jasper thought it'd be a good idea to try to kill us, Neil replied. We told you. You can't be involved in certain aspects of what we have to do. And it's better if you know nothing. You worked with us enough in our younger days to know how we do things. Am I going to have to explain this to anyone? Like loved ones or kin? Junior asked worriedly. I don't know. Nor do I care. That's not really a priority when someone shoots at me and my brother. As for the body, we just left it there and drove off, Neil explained. I had the body taken care of, Junior replied. Neil knew Junior was just looking out for Braxton and trying to do his job, but he didn't want him involved too deeply. I'll let you know just as soon as we have something solid for you, Neil said, trying not to step on toes. Junior left, looking defeated. Neil knew he was keeping something from them, and it concerned him. Sam stood at the door to the barn, smoking his pipe as Junior drove off. After Junior was down the dirt lane, he returned to the porch. "'What's bothering you, little brother?' Neil asked. "'I don't trust him. He's hiding something from us. But what, I don't know.' 
Is it fear? His incompetence as a sheriff? Or maybe he just doesn't like us, Sam said. What's your problem with him? Carol asked. He's your cousin, so I'll hold my tongue. Damn him being my cousin. You know there's no love lost between us. Besides, it's never stopped you before, Carol said tersely. Sam turned and looked at Carol. His face was flat, and his eyes were blank. He had no reply, at least none that he was willing to share yet. He turned and walked to his house without another word. Four. The sun had set for the day, and the crickets had begun their concert. Sam sat in his front room with a single candle flame flickering nearby. He was lost in his feelings. His fedora was in his lap as he stared at the wall across from him, like he was expecting it to move. A glass of whiskey sat near an ashtray holding a burning cigar, and the smoke danced around the room before dissipating into nothingness. Sam heard heavy footsteps on his porch, but paid them no mind. He knew the sound of Neil's boots. So he simply continued to stare at the wall and wait for Neil to open the door. Sam? Neil called out softly as he cracked the door open just a bit. Come on in. Join me. Sam said as he reached for the cigar. Neil entered the room, leaving the door open, and leaned against the wall that Sam was staring at. Neil knew the only time Sam smoked anything other than a pipe was when he was feeling down and lost in his own world, or he was angry. Not a normal angry, but the kind that got people killed, the kind that was uncontrollable. This time, he was smoking a cigar because he was feeling low, remembering the past and maybe even regretting it a little. So... Tell me, little brother, what's been bothering you lately? Neil asked as he placed a chunk of tobacco in his mouth. Sam took a deep drag from his cigar and exhaled slowly. I don't know what you're talking about. You know better than to try to lie to me. I've known you too long. You've been keeping something bottled up for a while now. And it's... Neil paused. Well, it's getting worse. Nothing I really want to talk about, Sam said, watching the smoke rise from the cigar. Santi? Sam flinched slightly when the name was mentioned and looked up at Neil. He felt his entire body tighten up. It happened every time he heard that name. Maybe a bit. Sam took another long drag and watched the smoke as he slowly exhaled. You ever think about all the people you killed? Over there? Not really. I figure they all deserved it. Neil paused for a moment to spit his tobacco juice out the door. Well, most of them. I see their faces, Neil. Everywhere. In my sleep. At lefties. In the barn. Hell, they even haunt me in the shower. I see myself in every victim. Every kill. Every criminal. I see myself staring back at me as if I'm questioning myself, my every move. Nightmares from France haunt my sleep. Memories. Smells, sounds, 
visions of it all. There's nothing I can do to forget about the horrors of war and the things we did before the war. A lump grew in Sam's throat as he tried to hold back tears. The junkie yesterday? Neil asked, but he already knew the answer. Sam nodded his head and wiped a growing tear from his right eye. I saw myself looking back at me, not him. We've been doing this all our lives, Sam. It's bound to catch up with us. I'll always said that we have to push our emotions to the side to do what we do. But he never taught us how to do that. The fact that it's all coming back to haunt you is normal. Especially what happened in France. Even I have nightmares about that, Neil said. Sam sighed. In war, you see bad stuff. That's war. But here at home, you're supposed to be safe. I did things in French I would never do here. The war is over, but it's not. Not really. A person expects to see a certain level of inhumanity during war, but nobody expects to see the kind of things we saw in France. The innocent lives lost. The screaming and the moaning, the blood. It was too much. Neil spat out the open door and wiped his mouth. It was exactly what I expect hell to be like, Sam said as he put his head down. And now, Braxton is beginning to look a lot like hell. Hell was an understatement. France was worse than any nightmare one could imagine. Especially the incident at the church in Santee. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, join me for Chapter 7, French Demons. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can pop on over to Amazon.com where you can buy The Kings of Braxton, Born Under Trouble, on ebook and in paperback version. Thank you very much for stopping by.